part of being a financial grown-up is making sure you have a plan for how you spend your money and how you pay your bills. And now we have a new tool for that. It is called Split It. It will take a lot of the stress away from those big purchases and really allow you to plan ahead. Here's how it works. You shop online. And when you're ready to pay, you just choose split it at the checkout to split your payment on your credit card and pay over time. There's no interest, no application, no fees. It is fast and easy. So if you buy something for $500, you can split it into five smaller payments of $100 a month without any interest or fees, much more manageable, and you're in control of your costs. By turning your payments into smaller installments over time with no interest, Split It gives you more spending power. I know I don't like to have to pay interest if I can avoid it. And I also don't want to always be opening new lines of credit. Split your payments and live big with the credit cards you already have. Go to splitit.com today. That's splitit.com. I've always been a handbag junkie. It's just something about leather, like the smell of fine leather that just, I don't know. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hello, my friends. This episode is one of those, oh no, she did not stories. Yes. My guest, Bola Sekundi, was a champ at saving money, but once she had the money, things took an unexpected turn. But then there's yet another twist in the story. So Bola Sekundi is a certified financial education instructor and the force behind Clever Girl Finance, a website and podcast and series of books now that empowers and educates women to make the best financial decisions. And since this interview was originally released in 2018, Bola has gotten even bigger. She now has not one, but two best-selling books. Book number one, Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money and Build Real Wealth. And book number two, Clever Girl Finance, learn how investing works, grow your money. And guys, I'm betting number three will be here before you know it. She is on a roll. Bola also has a Clever Girl Instagram audience of about 325,000 people, a thriving YouTube channel with over 40,000 subscribers, and a suite of online courses and videos, and a thriving coaching business. This woman does a lot. And by the way, she also has really cool swag you can get on the Clever Girl Finance website. But perhaps my favorite thing about Bola these days is that she's a co-host this season on my other favorite podcast, Money with Friends. So please go check out Bola on Money with Friends and please subscribe to that podcast as well, including subscribe to the Money with Friends YouTube channel. We cover money-related headlines and what they mean to you, but we keep it very down to earth and we laugh a lot. If you subscribe to that YouTube channel, you're going to get alerts and you can be part of the shows where you can ask our collaborators like Bola questions and maybe even get a shout out on the show. On that note, Bola's story is a great lesson, but sadly, one a lot of us can probably relate to, even if we don't like to admit it. Hmm, yeah, I'm looking in the mirror. Here is Bola Sekundi. Bola Sekundi, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am such a fan of yours. You are, first of all, in addition to being a money expert, you are the force behind Clever Girl Finance, which is a website and a podcast. And it started after you, I can't, I don't even know how you did this. You saved $100,000 in three and a half years on a salary of, I want to say about 50 grand. Yeah, I was making $54,000 before taxes. Wow. Give us just the high level how you did that. I basically got lean and mean with planning <laughs> my finances. I contributed to my retirement fund for my employer because I knew they were offering a match and that was a way for me to get some free money. I kept my expenses super low, so I avoided my friends and stayed home. I wasn't going out <laughs> to eat very much. Temporarily, right. I wasn't alcohol. Temporarily. Right. I was on a steady ramen noodles and Coke diet. <laughs> And then I focused on saving 40 to 50% of my paycheck and wow. anything extra. So I saved my tax returns, my bonuses. You know, I tried to save as much as possible. And I also started a side hustle. I started a wedding photography business, which really helped to increase the amount of money I was bringing in. And that helped contribute to me being able to save that amount of money. And then finally, I avoided credit cards as best as I could. I instead used a charge card that required me to pay my balance in full every month. And so that kept me really mindful about my spending. But overall, it was really just setting the intention that I wanted to save and I wanted to challenge myself to save six figures. And I put my mind to it. I got into that focus. And three and a half years later, I was able to save that $100,000. So smart. And full details, if anyone wants, go to Clever Girl Finance. But I want to talk about your money story that you brought because Bola... This is like an incredible story, <laughs> given what you just said. Here you are, yes. you got $100,000, you're hustling with a side hustle, you're eating ramen noodles, you're doing everything intentionally, maxing out your retirement account to get the max. What do you do? You start buying $3,000 handbags. Tell us what, what? Holla. <laughs> what? Let me break it down. <laughs> so basically, I got to this point where I had saved a ton of money, I had a lot of money in the bank. Actually, at the end of the four years, I had about $150,000 saved. I was making more money. I had my business. I had gotten raises at my job, and I was earning now well over six figures at this point. And I was like, wow, I have all this money. I'm maxing out my retirement savings. I'm still meeting my savings obligations. I deserve to treat myself. And I've always been a handbag junkie. It's just something about leather, like the smell of fine leather that just, I don't know. I personally would have bought a pint of Haagen-Dazs if I wanted to treat myself, but okay. <laughs> so $3,000 handbags. I went all the way. Yes. I got my first designer handbag. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's beautiful. I bought this in cash. I love and it. What was it? Describe it. Uh, it was Chanel Jumbo in black caviar leather with gold hardware. Classic. Beautiful. Okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I got the one. <laughs> Should have been enough. But then I was like, well, a few months later, I have all the spare money. I'm still saving. I didn't know what to do. I want to invest, but I don't need to invest that much. I'm going to buy another designer handbag. And I got to the point where I was buying several handbags for maybe three or four years. And to me, it was fine because I was still saving. I was still meeting my obligations. How much do you think you spent in total, Bola, on the handbags? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. If we were to have an Instagram competition... <laughs> <laughs> on who could grab their handbags steady for the next 30 to 60 days, I would win every time. <laughs> wait, so wait, what do you, you can have a different handbag every day for 30 to 60 days? Yeah, I could. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could have. I had a lot of handbags. I had them in different so, colors. But were they just sitting in the closet? I mean, were you taking them to work? What was going on with the handbags? 
that's the sucky part. I maybe used like two or three. Well, I was exaggerating. Maybe I had, I didn't have 60 exaggerating. So about a month, let's say a month. I didn't really use them. That was a disappointing factor. So I'm one of those people that believe that if there's something that you like and it's something that you're going to use, go for it, you know, as long as you've planned it out financially. But I wasn't using them. They did not make financial sense for me. I was using like one or two of them. And then maybe the others I would look at or wear to a baby shower for 25 minutes and it goes right back into the closet. So it did not make any financial sense. Fortunately for me, at the time that I purchased them, you know, for those of you who are into handbags, you know that there have been a flurry of price increases, especially with the higher end luxury brands. And so at the time I bought the handbags, I bought them before the crazy price increases started. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. I would look in my closet and all, all I would see would be dollar bills stacked up. And my husband's like, you need to let these go. You don't even use them. doesn't make sense. You know, and you feel so guilty about having them because you're not using them. So I took it upon myself to sell almost every one of them. So I still have a few that the ones I use. And it was really hard to sell them because I felt like I was selling my children. It's crazy. Like when I think about it, it's ridiculous. But I sold them. And luckily for me, because of the price increases, I was able to sell them for a lot more than I purchased. So that very first Chanel handbag, the black jumbo I just described with caviar hardware, I paid $2,900 for it and I sold it for $5,500. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Only yes. you, Bola, would actually turn a cringeworthy <laughs> shopping habit into a positive investment experience. However, Bobby, to the point you asked me before we started recording was I made money. But when I think about it, I really didn't make that much money because one of the things that triggered me to start selling those handbags was Amazon stock. And I realized that if I had spent all that money I spent on those handbags on Amazon stock, I would have had times a hundred of what I had spent on handbags. So not just, you know, doubling my money, I would have like times hundred it, right? If you had actually bought Amazon stock. But truthfully, truthfully, how much do you think net do you think you spent, I mean, ninety thousand dollars on handbags? Oh, I don't know. Over a three to four year period, I spent a lot of money. Okay. But you bought thirty handbags at like three thousand dollars each. Yeah, I had about thirty. They were not all the same price. They're okay. not all three thousand dollar handbags. What was the most expensive one? <laughs> The Chanel handbags I had, they were about in the $3,000, $3,500 range at that time. Now they're not anymore. They're about six to $7,000 now. Wow. I don't own any more handbags, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what is the lesson from this? <laughs> Beyond the fact that there was a time in life when investing in handbag was actually an appreciable asset. It may still be, for all I know. I don't know the market, but... Anyway, beyond the fact that it actually turned out to be a good investment. I wouldn't even describe it as an appreciable handbag because for me it was just purely for the fact that I was not using them, right? Um, no one is going to pay you top dollar for a handbag that has been worn and beat up, you know? So if you're buying something, I believe that you should be using it. And so my lesson for this is cost per wear. You can have 100 Chanel handbags if you want to have them and if you can afford them and you're paying for them in cash and it's not taking you off your financial goals. But what is your cost per wear? How often are you using them? And are you getting your money's worth? If you buy a handbag for $3,000 and you wear it once, then that one time you wore it costs you $3,000 and that makes no sense. But if you buy this handbag and you wear it 3,000 times over four years, then that handbag costs you a dollar. Maybe it comes down to cents and pennies and that starts to make more sense because as opposed to buying 
$50, handbags over that three-year period, you use that one handbag over that time and you get your cost per wear. So to me, cost per wear is really important. That's how I plan out my wardrobe. I still buy fancy things, but I have to be using them. I have to get my cost per wear down to pennies for it to make sense. And I, I know when I see something, if I'm going to use it or not. So understand your cost per wear. And, you know, people may think, oh, buying handbags is crazy, but, you know, People spend their money on different things. For me, it was the handbag thing. Some people spend their money on electronics, on cars, on things that they don't necessarily use. Like having a second car in your garage that you drive on Saturday is not good drive for wear. (laughs) But the handbags make you feel good. Yeah, I would pick a handbag over a lot of things. So that was me. And that was a lesson I learned. And I put the money right back into my investment accounts and I was better for it. Let's stick with the handbag theme. What is your money tip, your everyday money tip for everyone? I would say that if you are a handbag girl like me, no shame, no judgment, (laughs) find ways to get the handbags that you like at a cheaper cost or without putting out so much money. So for instance, Bobby, you and I talked about Rent the Runway. You really like Mm -hmm. that. If you want to actually own them, you can think about getting them pre-owned from sites like Fashion File or Vestory Collective. There's a bunch of different ones that are reputable that sell authentic products or even local consignment stores in New York. There's a ton of them or buying them off of friends who are trying to let go of their handbags or trying to recycle their wardrobe. Those are great ways that you can get luxury at a lower cost. And you can also wait till, you know, some of these handbags go into the sale Mm -hmm. and purchase them that way. Right. Because a lot of them are really classic. Yes. You know, it's all about buying something that you know you're going to use for a long time. I tend to avoid any trend pieces because I don't want it to be out of fashion next year after spending all this money on it. I buy bags that I can carry forever. And that's what I do. So every purchase I make right now, I carry that bag to shreds, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely get that cost per wear down. Where can people find you and learn more about Clever Girl Finance? Yeah, so you can find me on my website at clevergirlfinance.com, on Instagram at clevergirlfinance, on Facebook, clevergirlfinance. And I also have a podcast called Clever Girls Know, and you can search for it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You'll find it there as well. And I think everyone should definitely check all of that out. I am a big fan. Thank you so much, Bola. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Hey friends, except for the fact that she was ironically able to sell the handbags at a profit, this whole thing reminds me of what happens when people inherit a ton of money or they win the lottery and then they just don't know what to do, so they go shopping. Financial grown-up tip number one, Bola was great at accumulating money, but she was selling herself short when it came to building wealth. She was meeting her goals in terms of saving and investing and all that, but that doesn't mean she couldn't move the goalpost given the resources that she had and make even more ambitious goals. Not a problem to buy a bag that you can afford, but she wasn't even using most of them. Bola is very specific that while they ironically went up in value, if she had invested the money, in her case, she talks about Amazon stock, she would have made a lot more money. Of course, you could lose money in the stock market, so there's no guarantee of that. It's just something to consider. Financial grown-up tip number two. If you do buy luxury goods and you aren't using them, it is easier than ever to sell them. So many resources online. You may not make as big a profit as Bulla did. You may lose money, but you're still going to get some cash. I have sold some bags on the real real. I've been happy to have the cash, even though it went for less than I paid. You can also buy slightly used bags there at a discount if you want them. And as I've said before, you can rent them. 
at Rent the Runway or other similar websites. I will leave some links in the show notes for you guys. Given these resources, I would also urge you to stay away from the fakes. It undermines the economy and the business of the companies that produce the real thing. So don't buy fake bags. Also, it is illegal. If you have not already, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps others discover us and grow the community. It is truly appreciated. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And follow me at Bobby Rebel on Twitter, at Bobby Rebel one on Instagram, and on Facebook. I am at Bobby Rebel. Bola is the best. I am so appreciative that she was brave enough to get really candid. She definitely got us all one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.